welcome to the Sanctuary First podcast. It's been a while since actually we've been, I've been broadcasting to you, but I'm delighted that I've got my friend again with me. More than one, it sounds like I've only got one friend, but Linda Pollock's with us. And Linda and I are just getting together to talk a wee bit more today about the vision we have for the children's ministry that we want to open up here in Sanctuary First. So, Linda, we've... We're working on this whole idea of a children's app, but you know, there might be more, it might be something different, but that's the kind of area, that's the kind of working model we're working on. And uh, you've been talking about to me about games, but also about the importance of prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer is the cornerstone for children. If we can teach children to pray, then we've equipped them for life. Mm-hmm. And when we look at prayer and go to prayer meetings, it's a lot of words. Um, and that's okay, that's fine. But if we listen to the, the ancients, of, of our faith, the, the ancient spiritual leaders and the mystics, they tell us that silence is the language of God. So how do we teach children about silence, the language of silence? Mm-hmm. And we teach them the ancient prayers of, of course of our church. How many prayers did Jesus teach that mm-hmm. we know of? Oh, said the one, the Lord's Prayer, we call right. it the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Yeah, but he, he didn't tell us any other prayers. And yet you go to prayer meetings and I could tell you how they're going to start and how they're going to be in the middle and how they're going to end because we've got a wee script that we all love to use. Um, and, and that's okay because that's people being comfortable. Um, but I would say that I would want children to be able to be honest with themselves and honest with God because that's the first and most important thing in prayer, honesty. Um, so I would want children to learn our ancient prayers, the Lord's Prayer, for example. Some of the prayers of the Psalms, which are just magnificent, um, and memorising these things. We don't do a lot of memorising these days. Uh, I think it's an art that we've lost, and I want our children to be able to memorise so that when they don't have a Bible handy or when they're in a difficult situation, their memory, they can call to mind something from the Psalms or the Lord's Prayer. Or if they have the the language of silence, then they know they don't need to call out to God because God's already there. God's already got them. God knows the beginning. God knows the end. Wow, that's a lovely thought, isn't it? It is beautiful. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Imagine instilling that in our children. I mean... At our age, you're, you're just a wee bit older than me. Oh, good bit just, older than me. Well, good all right. Older. It's only a number, isn't it? <laughs> but the years of... How many years did you have to go before you heard someone tell you that you don't need to speak? You just need to listen. Because prayer is all about listening. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's been a long time. I mean, you're absolutely right. You go to church and... Our prayers are big, long laundry lists or intercessory prayers, as if God didn't know. But that's it's important because was it Soren Kierkegaard told us that prayer really is for ourselves, not for God, because God already knows prayer comforts and that's really, really important. But when we can instill in our children that prayer first and foremost is about listening, then I think we're on a hiding to nothing, that having these children become adult disciples uh, adult disciples with an adult understanding of who God is, as opposed to adult disciples with the childish. I don't mean childlike, I mean childish, because our churches are full of childish adults um, in terms of their understanding of who God is. So with with our app, or whatever it turns out to be, um, uh, we're working really hard to make sure that our children are being taught well, and that, I suppose, and not taking on the bad habits that... We have always... So it's almost... It's, it's, we were, if we've got this app, or whatever it is we're doing and teaching about prayer, we'll always be teaching ourselves as well as Absolutely. adults. And so yeah. that mums and dads or parents, yeah. whoever it is, it's looking with the children 
Because we want this to be a kind of intergenerational yeah, yeah. thing, don't we? Well, that's key. Um, if you look at scripture, for example, two stories come to mind. In the Old Testament, the story of Samuel. He heard the call of God, but the wee boy didn't know it was God. He had to go to old Eli, and Eli interpreted, this is God calling you. Whenever you hear the voice again, just say, here I am, your servant. And then you go into the New Testament, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The wee boy had the two wee fish and five loaves of bread, but it took someone like Andrew, the adult, mm-hmm. again, to facilitate that. And, and all th- from, from what I understand of, of how we are with each other, community is key, and we need each other. We, the adults need to facilitate for children, and children will give us the most incredible insight and wisdom if we have ears to hear and eyes to see. So how do so how do we go about teaching children to be still and quiet? I mean, is that not quite difficult? Because, no, I, I mean, think. What age groups are we talking about? We're talking about uh, I, well, the age group that I I love to work with is primary, but it can start before then, pre preschool. Um, if you're sitting and you're fran- if you're frantic, your children are going to be frantic. So what you need to do is start yourself, and if you start with just five minutes of just stopping. Stopping in your house, in your bedroom, switching off the TV, switching off the radio and closing the door. Um, I go to the bathroom. When I was living in, with my siblings and family, I would go into the bathroom and lock the door. And but sometimes it's quite hard for a mum or a dad, a mum to say they're on their own. Yeah. I mean, I'm being awkward here now, but, oh, you know, okay. but sometimes it's, I'm just thinking the practicality of just, you know, I've you know, seen mums maybe saying to me, if only I could, yeah. but I can't even get to the toilet because there's a wee one that's, uh-huh. that's saying, can I go with you? Yeah. Well, that's where community comes in. And I would say, get your pal or your friend to promise to sit for five minutes so that you can go into the toilet and lock the door. And just create a phrase that works for you. Right. For example, the Lord is here, his spirit is in me. And say it over and over again um, to help block out, because distraction's the killer. We're distracted left, right and centre with the slightest wee thing. And as sure as there's a nose in your face, you know the minute you stop, your brain's going to be invaded. So that's why you use that wee phrase, the Lord is here, his spirit is in me, mm-hmm. over and over again, and then stop. And then when you think again about something you don't want to think about, just say the phrase, the Lord is here, his spirit is in me. So prayer, obviously, we've been talking in part one there about the importance of prayer. Then... But, we're wanting to develop this further as well mm-hmm. so that people can, children can grow into mature disciples mm-hmm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we're saying we start with prayer and that's basically our, our foundation, if you like. Um, we're going to embrace some of the uh, Ignatian examine techniques when we make them child-friendly. Um, going to invite adults, basically, to sit with the child and... Part of the learning will be, as they teach children, they'll learn themselves. It's the reciprocity of working with children. We're going to do things like ask a daily question. We're going to ask the children a question that's a basic question, like, what made you happy today? Or, um, what's your favourite food for breakfast? Because it's a starter question. It's a question that's going to open doors to conversation. And that's what it's all about with the generations as well. So a child can be asked this, can ask this question of themselves on the app and then go into the kitchen and say granny what do you think what makes you happier granny what's your favorite food for breakfast and then they can carry that on into school and they can actually take the prayer with them into school and mm-hmm. do what's called the thumbs up prayer which we can talk about another time and that engages their friends with a thumbs up prayer and then they can engage their friends with a question what makes you happy but as time goes on we'll be asking deeper more profound questions during the, the week of the month um to, to get to the point where the children are able to learn to ask reflective questions 
this is a skill most adults don't have, but we want to instill it in our children and then it'll grow again into mature uh, young adults, adult Christians. There'll be uh, daily scripture stories. Um, scripture is vital, as Christians we know that. Um, I said earlier in our, our prayer about memorising prayer, we want to memorise Bible stories too, because the Spirit of God moves and often we forget to engage the Spirit of God when we read Scripture. Uh, if we have the Scripture in us already and we're inviting the Holy Spirit to commune with us, then we're going to see something new every, every time we look at a story. For example, I do my preparation. I'm a minister in a church, so I preach every week. I do my preparation Sunday through Friday. And then I write the sermon. Then when it comes to Sunday morning, I actually read the text I'm going to preach on. And I'm thinking, for goodness sake, I wish I'd seen that just during the week. Uh-huh. But that's what Spirit does. So we're teaching our children uh-huh. to read Scripture, to learn Scripture, to love Scripture. Yeah. Another thing we want to do is look at our bedtime stories. So there are lots of wonderful stories that are Scripture and that are also non-Scripture stories, like Amy Carmichael or Mary Jones in her Bible, for example, or the story of Hudson Taylor, these kinds of stories, as well as stories that we'll make up ourselves. Part of it also with this app is that the children will engage and make up their own stories. And that's one of the essential differences with our app is that we're having children actually be involved in the... Being creative. Art. Exactly, uh-huh. yeah. Um, music will be a big thing. And that'll be... There's a, a lot of songs for children out there that begin the bad theology story. We begin to teach them poor theology. Um, from the beginning and they begin then to go down that road that most of us have gone down of making God in our own image or making God who we need God to be the superhero or the the, the one who will protect us when wherever God is who God is he said to Moses I am who I am I will be who I will be you cannot put me in a box and I think that our children learn very early to put God in a box so we're going to challenge that via the music in particular, and then we're going to invite the children to create some of their own questions. And they love writing songs as well, children and all that kind of stuff, don't they? Yeah, they're brilliant at it. And they'll they'll need support. The old story of Eli and Andrew, kids need a bit of support to do these things. Um, We're going to invite them to ask questions. I mean, I've lost count the number of times little ones have said, is my dog going to be in heaven? Or will I ever see my granny again? Can I tell you a funny story? Absolutely. You know, I'll be Imogen. She's only three. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was talking to Martha the other week there. And some, for some reason, Martha was talking to her and telling her about God. God is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at her mummy and she, she looks at Martha and she says, well, where was God when I skint my knee? Oh. <laughs> you know? And I think that's a great yeah. title for a book. Somebody yes. could write it. You know, yeah. where was God when I skint my knee? But it's because the child mm. was asking, you say God protects me, but mm. what? Yeah. But it's a profoundly theological question a three-year-old child is asking. And most adults would be too embarrassed to ask, what was God when my, my bank balance crashed? Or where was God when I lost my job? Or was God when my life partner died? But a three-year-old can ask it and not look stupid. An adult can't. And this is, again, the reciprocity, adult and children. Um, and it also makes us ask as adults, well, where was God when Imogen skinned her knee? And the answer, quite simply, is right there with you, holding your hand. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, and that, I mean, the lecture this week just happens to be Psalm 121, which talks about God, I will lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes mm-hmm. from God. He will not let your foot slip, etc., etc., etc. And and reading that on the surface level is wonderful, um, but it's easy to read that and think, well, where was God when I twisted my ankle or when the sun burnt me, as the psalm says? And it's again about equipping people to read scripture well, particularly our children, mm-hmm. um, and saying, well, this is not about God st- putting a stick and plaster on your knee. This is about God saying, no matter what happens, even when you skin your knee or when your loved one drops dead, I am with you, I am your God, and I will walk with you through this. That's a much deeper thing, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And we live too often in the kingdom on the surface. Uh-huh. And our job as followers of Christ is to dig and dig and dig. To the point where we can embrace suffering the way Christ embraced suffering. And, and not be afraid to talk about the exactly. hard questions. Exactly. Yeah. And to cry when we yeah. have to cry and sometimes, yeah. you know, not have answers. Yes. And and, and that's that's holding kids hold mystery better than adults. Kids hold no answers better than adults. I always you remember know. I think it's John Bell, maybe other people have said it, but I remember John Bell once saying Jesus never mm-hmm. said he was the answer. Yeah. He said he was the way. Yes. Andre Crouch said Jesus is the answer. He sang Jesus is the yeah. answer. But no. He used to say, I am the way. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to this yeah. app if you want to hear more. Sounds, well, um, you know, I, just you know, I think it's great. I mean, and I, and I know that you've got to get off to get a, mm-hmm. get on the road and we've been, we've been interrupted a wee bit today. But I think it's been great having mm-hmm. this conversation with you, uh, Linda. And uh, I think hopefully this will encourage others to see what we're trying to do. And uh, our next big thing is to persuade others to help us to make this happen by finding funding yes. in order to make all this come about. But by God's grace, we can do it. Absolutely. You know? But the thing is, Albert, this is massive. I mean, I've told you three or four things about this app. I can give you another 10. And that's just the beginning. And mm-hmm. what, what we have to do is think big. Because if we aim at nothing, guaranteed that's exactly what we're going to hit. Exactly. You know, and, and it's really important that we ask ourselves... How do we value children? Um, I, I, in the congregation I serve, we have a wonderful after-school club, 40 or so teenagers come in the afternoon from P6 to 6th year. And there's sometimes I can't go into it because I know they're playing football in the sanctuary and I'm scared that they're <laughs> going to break another picture. And, and then I say to the elderly folks, well, do you want children or not? So we have to allow um. some things to get broken. And, and, and with this app, we have to say, do we want children then? Are we willing to do what we have to do to make this app available to all the children who maybe can't come to church or don't come to church or whatever. We need to be, we're reframing how we work in the kingdom um, and it's important that we take ownership of that. And frankly, we can't do it on our own. We haven't got two pennies to rub. We haven't got too many, and we, yeah. so we really do need support. So, and we need organisations, perhaps Christian organisations and trusts and, fund, and, and trust funds to help us. So if you think you can help us, Why don't you get in touch? You never know, you might just be the very person that we need to hear from. So until we hear from you, or until our next podcast, this is Albert Bogle signing off with a huge thank you to Linda Pollock for her contribution today. And until our next podcast, take care.